0: Nothing the screen has ever shown before can surpass the thrills
1: of... The Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Created from an atomic fireball hurled from outer space... He- the Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Threatens man's very existence on Earth. <laughs> The Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast.
2: Battles Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan for mastery of the world. Men
0: quake before the terror of their unleashed fury.
2: All new, all never to be forgotten. A new high in...
3: Visions from Monsterland. Hello everyone, welcome to Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, my name is Jerry, and joining me is the man himself, the Don, Screonk everyone, and of course we have 10 out of 10, Derek, hey what's going on guys, and the uh, ever-growing multiple-headed host of podcast, Mr. Venom.
0: Greetings and salutations everyone.
3: It has been a while. We had some scheduling conflicts, uh, but we're back, and we have a fun movie. We're looking at uh, the British version of Kaiju tonight with Gorgo, plus a wonderful episode of Ultraman that, uh, <laughs> that apparently is really funny. Uh, so with that being said, it has been a while, so let's see what everyone's been up to. Venom, what have you been up to?
0: nothing much man i just got back from vegas uh about two weeks ago spent my birthday out there as i try to do every year uh you know just playing poker haven't really been watching as many movies as i'd like though i am over the last couple of weeks i've been catching up with some 2019 horror movie watches but uh other than that pre-ordered
3: my mothra steelbook yep i've got that pre-ordered that's I I don't think it's gonna be much of an upgrade from the DVD, uh, but that steel case is beautiful, so I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, Derek, what have you been up to?
2: The same as usual, man. I haven't actually been watching a lot of like fucking shit. I was sick like last week, so I just had like this fucking giant gamma throne where I just watched Mad Gamma movies. It was awesome.
3: (laughs) Nice. Uh, Don, what have you been doing? Well, um, I've been working on a uh,
4: project for the uh, Asian website I run, uh, My write for. Um, I've been able to do a slew of Asian films for a uh, festival known as the Japanese Film Festival Hamburg. So a bunch of uh, splatter and upcoming uh, action and horror films that – The reviews will start coming out maybe by the end of the week, by the time you hear this. So it should be a lot of fun. There's some good stuff there coming up, including uh, one, Derek, you should be really impressed with, the new Noboru Iguchi film Ghost Squad.
2: Oh, nice, nice, yes. I've been meaning to check that one out.
4: Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I really like it. It's not as bonkers as Dead Sushi or Zombie Ass, (laughs) few are, but it's still a lot of fun.
3: Cool. Well, alrighty then, and I've been deep into Game of Thrones because it's Game of Thrones time, so I, I spend most of my time uh, doing things that involve that podcast and theory crafting and all of that good shit. Uh, in fact, as soon as this podcast is done, I'll be watching the second to last episode ever, uh, mm-hmm. so that's gonna be glorious. But with that being said, we are about to uh, get deep, deep into Gorgo from nineteen. 19- 61, a perfect day because we are recording this on uh, May 12th, Sunday, Mother's Day, and this is the ultimate uh, Mother's Day kaiju film. So, with that being said, uh, the what IMDb likes to call, Gorgo, is greedy sailors capture a giant lizard off the coast of Ireland and sell it to a London circus, then its mother shows up. Bravo, IMDb. What That's a, pretty much what happens. What a deep, well witted uh, fucking observation you have there.
0: Very I, uninspired.
3: Uh, yeah, I was just like, eh. Like, you couldn't give this movie a better. Like, it's one of the fucking better made kaiju films that didn't come from Japan. And hell, it was from the director that gave us the beast from 20,000 Phantoms. Come on. And
2: Giant Behemoth.
3: And Giant Behemoth. Mm. I mean, goddamn, give it a little bit of fucking more credit than that. That was awful. Um, But whatever, fuck them. So in traditional fashion, we are going to go around the round table and start asking people about stuff about this film. But first, now, Derek, you chose this film. Yes. So since you chose this film, we are going to let you go first to tell us what you love about this film.
2: Okay, before I tell you my general thought of what I liked about it, I I gotta admit, I do have a little bit of history with this film. I have seen this film pretty early age.
3: You are legally married to it? No, <laughs>
2: well, well, no, I have a good experience with this. As you see, like uh, When I used to go visit my aunt and stuff, uh, she had Lou Gehrig's disease, so it was very hot, so we watched movies together, and this is one of the movies we watched, so it, it kind of has like a special memory in my heart for that reason alone. Does that make sense? It gives me memories of...
3: Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, it's weird. because It's been a while since I watched this film. And, you know, so it has like that distant memory of watching it as a kid. And then you see stuff as an adult now. So that gives you a hint of what some of the stuff that I'm going to say when we get into the second part of this. But generally... I like like the all like the settings of this movie like like the island setting and of course like later on like all the Giant destruction happens later on with like all the great London shots and stuff I think they did good with like the modeling work in that aspect with getting things looking right like Piccadilly Circus and all that
3: Dope you know? aren't right. uh, Don what is something you loved about this movie?
4: Um, Well, uh, I actually have a very similar story to Derek, although um, for me, I'm legally married to it and have three children that won't call me on my birthday, because (laughs) I saw this back in the 90s. This is one of the very first ones I ever saw, and uh, I have a lot of very special memories with this one, because this was the last film my Nana taped for me before she passed away because she had cable i didn't and this was the last film she ever taped for me and then two days after she gave me the tape she fell ill and that was the last film she ever taped for me so yeah i have another i'm like derek i have a special connection with gorgo and that's one of the reasons why for me i find the film near flawless so for me my favorite part of the film is frame one through frame whatever and it's 80 minute running time
3: all right dope uh okay uh that means we are moving on to venom venom what do you love about this movie Well, I was um my my story about this movie isn't nearly
0: as uh, inspiring or heartfelt as Don and Derek, but um I was introduced to this movie from Mystery Science Theater. I had seen the Mystery Science Theater version of Gorgo at least a dozen times over the last 5 to 10 years and I absolutely love it. So going into my viewing for this show, it, it was actually going to be the first time that I watched the movie without the Mystery Science Theater guys riffing over it. Mm-hmm. And what I liked is I was surprised at how good it is. Like, um, usually when I watch something that the Mystery Science Theater guys riffed without their riffs for the first time, I can still kind of hear the jokes in the back of my head. And and the movie kind of takes more of a comedic Uh, turn to it but this one I didn't feel like that at all I was actually riveted uh, by the storyline the human characters are not as annoying as they are in a lot of uh, Japanese kaiju films Mm. so basically just being shocked at how good this movie is I feel like I might have had a different opinion of it um, you know over the last few years had I seen it first without Mystery Science Theater but um, yeah yeah just genuinely surprised at how good and, and what a you know absolute valid um and well-made kaiju movie this is coming out of the uk so yeah um basically just my surprise its quality was uh the first thing that struck me about it
3: yeah so uh i i similar to venom i have watched the mystery science Theory, theater 3000 episode for this a lot um i, I my favorite episodes of mystery science theater are the kaiju ones the two godzillas and the uh f- is it five gamma movies they've done they did four or five yeah see the four mm-hmm. i want to say yeah. it's five i think five because um, they
4: did um the original gear the original gauss gear on and, and no,
3: they yeah. didn't
4: do no they didn't do Barugon.
3: yes did they did it's my favorite mystery science yeah, theater of the gamma episodes they did it
4: they did. oh i'm thinking of vera's that's the one that they did yeah do. no
3: uh and yeah. then they did uh zegra zegra yeah Zegre. shark one Zegre.
0: Oh, right. Okay, I forgot yeah. about that
3: one. Yeah, Beerus
4: um, and Jager, that's the two they didn't do.
3: Yeah, so... Um, but I, I watched that one, but I have seen this movie because I saw it uh, on TV in the 90s. Uh, probably a TNT situation. Um, and I never... I always thought it was good, but I never, it never really caught me. Um, so watching it this time to really take it in, my favorite thing of this movie is how just amazing the cinematography is there are shots in here that are just absolutely stunning and beautiful whether it's uh mother gorga which apparently has a name uh the mother's name is ogre Obra. yeah Ob- oh. i don't that remember makes... them saying that in the movie but apparently it no
4: it... yeah a um... little
3: kid says it sean yeah. oh. yeah. fuck sean yeah what, yeah. Why is that kid as smart as a twenty-year-old? Fuck. Okay, I'm sorry. That's getting out of line. But um, just the cinematography in this uh, movie is fantastic. I even uh, was watching like the scene when um, they're using the flamethrowers to get uh, Gorgo into its little holding cell. There are shots in there where it's like looking at Gorgo's feet. I swear, are, that get directly copied in Carnosaur.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. It, it's really and there's just uh like I said uh orga uh, Ogra agra I don't know how, how do you pronounce that okra 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 yeah. uh the food that no one likes uh when okra is uh coming up behind the gorgo sign or when uh it's coming out of the water and his eyes are going red it's just a fantastically shot movie it's so much atmospheric they do go a little heavy on the fog um but it, it really does shine through that and like these guys say it actually has a really good story and it, it makes sense a lot of like the the things done in the movie from a human's perspective absolutely makes sense like uh yeah are you gonna take uh, a mystery amount of money from fucking the University of Dublin. Are you going to take the thirty thousand against fifty percent of the gross from the circus?
1: Mm. You're mm-hmm. taking
3: that circus deal all day long. Um. So either way, that was some of my favorite stuff. So let's get into things we didn't like. Uh, Derek, what do you not like about this movie?
2: Well, looking back on it now, like some of the character decisions are, you know, like. The synopsis says they're greedy characters, and you gotta really—if you're watching this as a first-time viewer and you're looking at it like that—it's not gonna be like because you like like a lot of, a lot of likable characters, but a lot of these characters are in for themselves. Even like some of the side characters, like the harbor master they meet on the island, when he just slaps the kid in the fucking face and shit. Like, yeah,
3: I think the problem with the characters is like they're greedy, but they're not evil. So yeah, they're it's not like, evil. They're like, just thinking, you don't. Yeah. You don't like them. You don't hate them. They're just kind of there. I don't... I, it gives a sort of realism to it. But you have a point. It's hard to connect with them because it doesn't drive any emotion in you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Especially when the second half of the film happens, you're like, holy shit, these guys are responsible for killing all these fucking people.
3: Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, they also like take care of that kid who... I, I don't want to say they kidnapped because technically... The kid he stowed, stowed away, yeah. and he doesn't yeah. have parents, so no one loves him anyway. So, who gives I a mean, shit should, about let's him? Be honest.
4: Let's be honest. He would have died on the island if he stayed there anyway, so. I, much. I, I don't know. He
3: looks like he was doing pretty well, I mean. Like, later
2: on, the extra scenes where he's, like, just running around watching will grow or whatever the fuck her name yeah, is Yeah, running
3: right up to it like fucking the kid, young from, kid from yeah from Hungary. <laughs> like same <laughs> fucking energy just no kid you're gonna fucking die but i will say the at least the the two main characters they go out of their way to like keep up with the kid and take care of the kid yeah. even though they had the money to just send the kid back to that island and yeah i do kind of like, like, like,
2: like that they kind of gave like Sam like that moment to where he's going to let the creature go just before anything happens but then the other guy stops him.
3: Yeah, cuz it's about hmm. that fucking money. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I I feel what you're saying on the characters. Uh Don, what do what do you not like about this movie?
4: I have very very minor nitpicky flaws. And one of them is the utterly unnecessarily and shoehorned into the plot reporter that covers the rampage.
3: <laughs> yeah. did anyone else like think of uh, that stupid fucking toy reporter from Death Kappa? Yeah. <laughs> like after Dude, watching yeah. this Gorgo scene, or, like,
2: Raimi Burr. Yeah. Yeah,
3: after yeah. watching this scene, I was just like, I think this is exactly what Death Kappa was making fun of.
4: Right. <laughs> Yeah, he has no reason to be there. Everything he says is just stupid nonsense that we figured out two seconds earlier because we actually watched it. And everything about him screams, you know, post-production shoehorned into it. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason for him to be there.
3: I don't think they trusted their audience enough to get it. They were like, let's make sure they know it by just repeating it over and over. But you should. Your it's a fucking monster movie. There should be nothing in a monster movie that you don't understand the first time they tell you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Right. It's it's kind of like that thing with like the older like fifty ones where they had like the narrator over certain scenes and shit. I think that's how I felt. It was kind of like too, and you know, yeah. the yeah, you do, back from that film then, style.
4: Right, but then you would have had you know either Sean or Joe. You know, you'd have had either Joe or Ryan do it you wouldn't have had this news reporter that shows up out of nowhere just yeah. and it's only just for the rampage it's not throughout yeah, the entire movie
2: really, yeah it's, it's weird but I, I hear you there
3: yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Venom what is something that you disliked about this movie um, well, let me caveat this by saying that I
0: totally agree with Jerry on the cinematography. I thought some of the shots in this movie oh, were spectacular.
3: I think, I, th- I think you and I chose the same topic. So this will be fun. <laughs>
0: um, specifically that shot that Jerry mentioned with uh, Ogra walking behind the Gorgo sign and then destroying it. I thought that shot was stellar. But there is some really bad green screen in this movie that oh my just... God. Yeah, it kind of took me out of it. And specifically that open that shot near the beginning where the volcano erupts, you can actually see the screen split between yeah. the, the fake background and the real foreground, it actually like splits, like the camera is shaking, yeah. which just totally took me out of it. It was it was kind of a, just a funny chuckle moment. It's not like uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it would bring the overall rating of the movie down, but there were multiple
3: green screen oh, shots. Oh, dude, the you know. fucking anytime rumble, uh, like. Fading rocks. Yeah, all the fading rocks that fell. I was like, I'm glad they're showing the destruction and panic and death that's happening. Because that's something that in a kaiju film, they don't show as much. um, Like, that we really should show. But, oh my god, all these fucking see-through rocks were killing me. You think that's from the
2: restoration, though?
3: Yeah,
4: I got a sense that... uh, ...video. Because I don't know if you watched that on... If you watched the little featurette that they have because i know derek it's on your blue
2: yeah i I watched it i watched it. yeah
4: if you i would imagine that on the original version it would look a lot better because the whole screen would be darker and it would look more like the rocks were falling directly into the people instead of like fall like like you said like disappearing into the into people into yeah yeah i would imagine that it would look a lot better on a darker print like, that mm-hmm. would probably be, like, a restoration issue. Because, yeah, yeah, there is a huge difference between it if you watch the featurette on there. Yeah,
2: it was kind of a... Because I don't remember that like when I was a kid, and it's more noticeable, because I used to watch this on VHS all the time. Yeah. So, so I, I think the restoration kind of hurt the film in a sense with some of the effect shots. Yeah,
3: it's kind of like that scene in Sleepaway Camp when uh, it's supposed to be... Since this is a kaiju podcast, I won't ruin a horror movie. But there's a scene where it's one character in the door. And if you watch the VHS, you can't tell. But if you watch the Blu ray, you can tell it's the wrong actor being yeah. used because they just assume no one would be able to care since it's silhouetted. But with Blu ray, it's 100% visible.
2: I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So it, it's for Um. So my thing that I really didn't like about this movie is something is kind of what Venom's talking about, but I'm going to focus on the straight up editing of this movie. Um, the, like, there's a lot of scenes where it's not them trying to use day for night. They straight up, it's nighttime and they cut to stock military footage that is in daylight. Yeah. Um, then it's bad. Like at one point they show stock footage and it's clearly the U S Navy and not the British one. Uh, they show footage of a bridge being destroyed early before Gogo even destroys or Orga even destroys the bridge.
0: Mm-hmm. It was just bad,
3: like so they're re- not only they're reusing the same stock footage, but they're reusing their own same footage from the movie and misplacing it. The editing is just really yeah, fucking bad.
4: Yeah, and there is a sequence in I think it's during the jet attack where they reuse the shot of Gorgo among the flames from the. River of Fire sequence, they reuse that as a shot of Gorgle walking through the burning buildings.
3: So yeah. I did catch that. Uh, so it, they do that a lot, and it, it re- I really don't like... It bothers, like, once you get to Ogura attacking the city, you get tons and tons of just really bad editing. Um, and apparently the director was very much against all that stock footage of the military being used. And yeah. he actually apparently cut a version of the film that does not have any of that. And I would love to see that.
2: Yeah, I did not hear that too. So that would be interesting.
3: Yeah, I think it would just flow way, way better. Um, but I think there's more good in this movie. Like when the guy who's yelling about repenting because the engineer, when he gets fucking trampled. That was
4: great. I remember laughing my ass off when I first saw that. It's it's not that I knew. It's not that I knew like the in joke about it. It was just what a dork he got flattened.
2: (laughs) You know what I like too about this is another thing. Since we got into it, like I do like that they have like even though it's kind of cheesy now looking at it, they have like these little fucking things coming out of like buildings of people, like little toy fucking miniatures and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um, so let's talk about, uh, Gorgo and Ogra and the suits. Um, I gotta say, besides being a little stiff, the suits look fucking fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. I did I didn't like how static they were, but,
0: but the sheer design I thought was pretty cool. I, I,
2: I know that they use hydraulics a lot on the, like some of the, yeah,
3: yeah, they had, and they also had, you know, uh, they basically had many batteries in there to light up the eyes, move the ears, uh, help with the tail, uh, stuff like that.
4: Yeah. yeah cause they said that they didn't like the wires, the trying to hide the wires. So yeah, the, um, the entire tail is hydraulic. Um, the mouth is hydraulic, the eyes and the head are hydraulic. And I think, I, I think there's on um, the hands. I think the hands grasping cause the hands are misproportioned for humans so they wouldn't fit so I think they, they said that the hands
3: are hydraulic as well that makes hmm. sense and, yeah. and I gotta say the design of it itself uh, all the way down to the hands and feet just look great because there's these great shots of like Gorgo's feet and it look, and the feet look like they didn't go with just a simple flat footed design there's arches and everything it's, it's fucking amazing yeah, yeah.
2: I love the like the things that they made too, like the one on the boat and shit. Like when he's just laying on the boat with the yeah. ropes, that was fucking cool as shit. And the little eyes open up and close, and fucking when they take him through the city on the fucking little truck, <laughs> I yeah. was like, you never see that really, you know? It's fucking yeah, cool. that's
4: yeah, that's the same prop though.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's still pretty cool.
4: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that Yeah, that was a full-size prop that they used, and they actually did do that on London streets. They actually filmed that in in the city.
3: Yeah, they did it on a Sunday morning, and apparently Sunday mornings no one's out on the street. I, yeah. Maybe they're having tea or something. I don't know. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of people there, so the studio had to like put in something in the script to explain why there was no one there because, you know, big monsters getting driven down Main Street. I'm gonna be there, but apparently, <laughs> Sorry, uh, <yeah. laughs> you know, they had like a, the military warded off, or they had some excuse in the movie that actually did. Yeah, I think work. they
4: said that. Yeah, I think they said that everybody was rerouted to the circus.
3: Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. But either way, that is just one, just great looking suit. My, the only thing I'll say about this movie is, um there's not a lot to talk about because the human characters like Derek brought up earlier are while they're There's nothing to complain about. There's nothing to really clap your hands about. They're kind of there. And the movie has a shift in characters. Like it starts off with them being, you know, kind of rough and tumble seamen, And then they're now in the city and now it's, it's business and ethics and it kind of, gives this weird sh- this movie has really weird shifts
2: yeah
4: and i think that's partly just because it's so short like if you
3: would have that's had true. more
4: time i think to if you would have like beefed him out a little bit more maybe show like more of the you know effects of the people of them succumbing to like the temptations of the greed and all that you could have gotten away with showing the twist and it not be so jarring i think
3: yeah. Um, yeah. But there is one interesting thing we do have to talk about with this movie, and that's the ending. So the ending of this movie has the the uh, ogre the mother coming and rescuing her child Gorgo and escaping into the ocean freely. Uh, we don't get to see endings like this, and uh, there this ending was actually done. Specifically, because the director who directed uh, The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, when he went to the premiere, you know, he took, uh, I can't remember if it was his daughter or his friend's daughter. It was his his, daughter?
4: His daughter, yeah.
3: Yeah, his daughter, after watching the movie, his daughter was like, dude, why did you kill the monster? You literally killed the monster in an amusement park. Yeah. You dick. Well, she didn't say that because she was a little kid. But you can picture it. (laughs) Uh, so he specifically wrote this one, uh, cause he was kind of done with monster movies at this point. He, he kind of got pigeonholed as a, as a dinosaur movie maker and he didn't really like it, but, yeah. uh, this was pitched to, he was pitched to him to make another dinosaur movie. And he, so he was kind of like, I do have an idea. And since they let him do it, he, he came back and I'm glad he did. Cause outside of Japanese kaiju, uh, compare this to like Youngery This is is way better. Yeah, uh, definitely. And it, and it has such a unique ending. And what's but what what's weird is it, is this movie, which is about a mother monster saving his child. Uh, there there's literally no female character in the movie. There's literally there's two females that say one line each, but there's mm-hmm. no main female. It's all and- fucking dudes. Yeah. Well, that's
4: sort of where the uh, film's novelization would actually rectify that. Have uh, you ever read heard, read about that or heard of it?
3: No, I know there is a novelization because I saw that yeah. in my research, but I didn't like read yeah. what the like what the it changed.
4: Yeah. Um, well, there's two changes. the The first is that they actually definitively name each of the creatures. The baby is distinctive is definitively called Gorgo the mother is definitively called Ogra. they they keep that pointed from they keep that from the very beginning but the other change is that they introduce a female character in the Harbor master's daughter who ends up screwing both joe and ryan while they're waiting waiting for supplies wait there's yeah. a
3: sex scene in the book there's wait, several scenes. I thought that wait, when she when you say she, she screwed them both like at the same oh, time like was it separate, Yeah. She separate okay.
4: They no Eiffel so Tower.
3: Okay, huh? if it's in a three-way. No, <laughs> I I am very pro three-way. Um
4: Yeah, no she uh, uh, she screws them both individually.
3: Man, that yeah. sucks. They could have got They could have Eiffel Towered that.
2: <laughs> was Sean watching in the
3: background? <laughs> no, that's they weird. Have <laughs> they could have London bridged, man. Yeah. What wasted potential? Okay, so there's sex scenes in the book. I'm I'm interested. Keep going.
4: Yeah, and uh, I think they say that she actually replaces Sean as the one that follows them. So yeah. they leave. Yeah, they leave Sean behind on the island because he's too young, and they have the daughter. Tra- the daughter travels with them because she's like old enough to go, and because she's been you know sucking them both off.
3: Yeah, see, this this is how what I like. Don't put your stupid little annoying child in our kaiju movies. Keep the little boys out, okay? I'm sorry, but fuck the little boys. We're not Catholic. We don't want them in here, okay?
4: Yeah. We so, like want I said, that
3: was adult yeah, that was, females.
4: Yeah, that was the change is that they replaced the daughter with Sean's character, and she was the one that left with the guys.
3: Yeah, look at so Godzilla yeah, the, movies. They always have adult yeah. females. Give mm-hmm, us adult females. Yeah. They don't have to be here just to blow the guys. They can be strong female characters. But the point is, is we want those and not little boys. Because if you look at the Japanese movies, think of the one that involves a little boy. It's the worst Japanese Godzilla well, movie ever made.
2: Well, <laughs> the, well, the beginning of the episode Elderman we're going to talk about. There's a lot of little boys.
3: Yeah, but you know what? Ultraman is a show for kids and it works because mm-hmm. their yeah. their portrayal of little kids are... Y- you know what? You're right. There were little kids in the episodes. We had them for, what, five minutes? Yeah. You know, it wasn't Sean running around like an idiot about to get killed every fucking five seconds or trying to start a dance party in South Korea with a giant monster. <laughs> Just fucking, Dude, so- it's dumb
4: so yeah um, for those that are complaining about that uh, the novelization does a better job
3: yeah and there's a comic book series uh that's that came out and uh steve ditko who's the uh, original artist for the amazing spider-man he did work on it and i'm not 100 percent sure what the comic book covers but i would be interested in reading it because i i enjoy the marvel godzilla run i have Every issue of that, I've got issue number one signed by Stan Lee. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Marvel Godzilla run. I, I wish I had remembered
4: to take notes on this, but on the DVD and the Blu-ray, they do reprint several comic books. I watched it once. I wish I would have remembered to do this because I didn't know we were going to bring it up. But I, re- I think the one issue that they reprint on the DVD is actually a retelling of the movie. It it, look, it, rem, it it's vaguely similar. I think it's a retelling of the film mm-hmm. as a comic book. And then I think there's, they also did a, on the DVD, there's a separate um, Italian version. That's a straight photocopy comic book where they take screenshots and then they just do like writing into like all the details and plot points and stuff. Oh. so yeah the italian version is like a straight photo comic where they it like they, they take the picture the screenshot and then they'll like type in like what they were saying or what's going on you know in italian obviously but uh, it's on the dvd itself and there's a i think it's uh the english comic book is a retelling of the film or at least the version is that they have on the the disc but i wish i would have remembered we would have Brought it up, so I would have remembered to take notes on it.
3: Yeah, it'll, it'll be like, all right.
2: Yeah, it's actually the feature I didn't watch. I'm actually curious to watch that now. <laughs> so, good shit. Yeah, job. I
4: watched it once. I wish we would have. You would have reminded me to do that and take notes on it. But yeah, if my memory serves, I believe it is at least as far as I can remember. You know, again, as far as you know, at least what they have on the DVD is a reprinting of the movie as a comic book don't I'm not a hundred percent but that's just my memory
2: yeah, yeah and there's also there's also that famous like f- famous monsters in filmland cover of the artwork of Gorgo on it it's it's very iconic I it goes for a lot of fucking money I was actually looking it up there's two different versions I think because I think they reprinted it for a different issue uh, like there's the original blue sheeted one looks beautiful and then they have like a another one that's black issue you actually get a shirt of the black issue one the, it's just iconic looking and it's great art too I, you know like all those famous monsters of film and that arts are
3: oh yeah they are wonderful uh uh oh f- f- when um there was a scene that i wanted to bring up uh where is it okay so the music in the scene where the navy is blowing up the water where uh orga is that like when they first doing the blowing up the water, does that music not sound like an, a Bay military score? Yeah. Yeah. I thought,
4: yeah, I can see that.
3: Like yeah. I heard that and I'm not good with music, but I was just like, this sounds heavily inspired by a Yeah. Bay.
4: Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think I remember it's the first scene when he, he's in the Thames and he's approaching the bridge and you see it's all the soldiers unloading and preparing for battle and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think if that's the scene you're talking about. I can see that.
3: Yeah. it It is pretty good. Uh, does anyone else have anything they want to say about Gorgo?
2: Nothing really. Like I, I say I recommend it, you know, it's one that I grew up watching as a kid. I think it's a good one to start off. If you don't want to start off right away with Japanese stuff and, this one has a pretty much basic enough storylines for like a kid to follow it. You know what I mean? So it's a good one to start off like a very young kaiju fan, you know,
3: I, agree.
0: I wanted to point out the pacing for this film. I thought the pacing was stellar. I mean, it's got a short hour and 18 minute runtime. So even aside from that, there was never like a dry moment for me in the film. Like even, even the conversation type moments between like, you know, our main characters and the Harbor master, I thought were, you know, they were short enough and compelling enough to keep my interest. But I got to say, man, this movie flew by for me. Like I, like I said, we get some early Kaiju action on the Island uh, fairly soon after the movie starts. Um, So yeah, I, I definitely wanted to point that out. This is, this is a nice quick watch.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: yes they yeah. a lot of the dialogue is straight to the point it just here's what you need to know for us to get to the next point all right here's what you need to know to get to the next point it is exactly. very I mean, solid well, well look at the here's the main
4: scene here what are the happens when they get called away to the museum one shot showing them arriving they walk into the room and the scientists say you captured the infants the adult's still out there. And that's like the first thing they say. There's not like, you know, any of this pleasantry and bullshit going on.
2: Yeah. It's
4: they second they walk in, you captured an infant. The mother's still out there.
2: Uh, yeah, I like that scene too. Where he's like, mm-hmm. so how big is the adult? And he shows the infant?
4: The adult. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a reason why that's part of the trailer. That's a pretty fun sequence. Yeah. And that's almost exactly the, like the full length of the sequence itself. Like what you see in the trailer is the sequence in the movie. So yeah, that's like what he's saying. It's straight, it's fast, to the point. Yeah, Um, for me, my closing thoughts, I'll say this. It's better than most Godzilla movies. I put it up over it. It's not my favorite. It's, I would say, maybe in my top five monster movies of all time, it's better than most Godzilla movies like Derek said it, this would be a fantastic entry point. I mean, it's ch- short enough. The violence isn't too bad. You're not going to really scare too many kids away, mm-hmm. but you're going to get in, get out. You're going to get, you know, a spectacular rampage that's all spectacle. You know, it's not you know, any of that doom and gloom kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, I kind of recreates a little bit of the blitz from, you know, L- the World War II, but they're not going to know that. You know, it's just all spectacle, and the movie's fast. It's fun. I say it's one of the one of, if not one, the first giant monster movie you show kids. So,
3: yeah, I definitely think <laughs> it's an easy one to show a kid. I think it's an easy one to show an adult. Uh, cinematography is is just beautiful. It's a very fast paced film. Uh, great monster action destroying uh, cities and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I would put it above a lot of Godzilla movies, but I can. De- I, I definitely would rather watch this than, like, Godzilla vs. Gigan. Because yeah. let's be honest, Godzilla vs. Gigan is just boring as hell. Uh, yeah. It's got great a great monster design in it, and who doesn't like to see Godzilla and is teaming up? But it, it's not as fast-paced as Gorgo.
0: So.
4: Yeah.
3: All right, well guys, definitely check out Gorgo. We highly recommend it. The Blu-ray is actually pretty cheap. Um and it's one of those movies you can kind of find everywhere. And if you really like it, check out the Mystery Science Theater version. Me and Venom uh definitely approve of that one. Oh yeah. It is a great one. Uh so with that, we have to get into The Ultraman Report. And guess what, guys? I don't have to do The Ultraman Report this time, so you don't have to hear me talk a lot. So for episode 11, we are turning it over to Don. Dun,
2: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh,
3: that's right, folks. It's my turn tonight.
4: Today's episode is episode 11, directed by Kazuo Mitsuda, who you will recognize as the director of our previous episode, uh, episode 10
3: so no, I, n- uh, I never do this i'm gonna have to make you do this for every ultraman episode where i'm like give us the specs don and you bust out <laughs> with japanese names yeah so um yeah director uh, kazuo
4: mitsuda the original title is uchu karakita a Barabindo, i'm sorry or, say that uh, again uchu karakita a Barabindo.
2: Okay. or or what I call this episode if you wish upon a stone okay, that's what it is.
3: I'm like hearing that I'm like what does what does that remind me of? It reminds me of something it sounds yeah, like it so, sounds like a phrase that some Disney person says <laughs>
4: yeah. so uh depending on the source of uh where you're watching this, you will find it in English under three different different titles. <laughs> Uh, I think the direct translation is the rambunctious one from space. (laughs) (laughs) However, um, other translations have put it as the rascal from outer space or the ruffian
3: from outer space. I I like, uh, I don't, I don't know if it is like after, once we get into the episode, none of those names fit.
0: Nope. Like Uh, none of those names work.
3: I think
4: rambunctious one is probably the closest, but yeah, even like, so, that's kind of
3: you shit. know, what? yeah, the rambunctious probably works the best because when the monster that's, does show like up, I said, it's that's, childish. Like I
4: said, that's that's the closest one, but yeah, even that's pushing it.
3: Uh, I, like, I, re, like it should be called like uh, "When You Wish Upon a Stone" yeah. or something.
2: <laughs> or having high times, or Ghoulies. It feels like Ghoulies go to college to send this. <laughs>
3: I feel like the monster in this movie has the maturity of Goonies Go to College. And I think Derek's high. Yeah, he's
4: probably... All right. So uh, we begin in a courtyard where Hoshino earns my eternal gratitude for introducing his schoolyard chums to Human Centipede the Kids game.
3: I'm so glad I'm not the only person who wrote a human centipede joke because I was like, "That is, of course, Japan has to outdo us in 1966 with a super long human centipede."
4: Yeah. Um, in all actuality, it's some um, lame-ass combination of leapfrog and uh, cheerleading pyramid, but or break uh, your it's human centipede. Back. Yeah, it's uh, actually a human centipede version.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Okay, it now. Like- did anyone play this as a kid? Because I never played it as a kid. If someone was like, come on, stick your head up this guy's ass and we're going to jump on your back. Not even as a five-year-old am I doing that. No. No. I think that's
4: probably why the girls are off to the side and wondering which one of the kids had the biggest dick because their well, brains are the not... Sure, sure. Well, no, they're wondering right. who's got the biggest dick because their brains uh, are obviously not getting any blood for thinking of this game.
3: I am vetoing <laughs> that joke because they're way too young. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, I know it's Japan and technically child porn in 1966 was legal, but still.
4: Yeah. So uh, anyways, uh, Hoshino spots a meteorite falling into a nearby industrial complex and everyone goes off to investigate. While there, they find the stone, but, but immediately look at it and think, this crummy thing? This isn't all that impressive. And they throw it aside and it turns into a bag of marbles. So suddenly the kids are called back when they realize, holy shit, this thing can transform. And giving us a first look at Transformers when Hoshino wishes for a racing car. And a racing car set appears. So all together now, the friends start wishing for a birthday cake and one appears. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they notice Gimpy is standing off to the side watching them. So... Gimpy?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, so uh, a stranger called Gimpy is standing off to the side watching them play. And he watches as Hoshino takes it to the science patrol where a bunch of science occurs and everybody starts looking at what the strange rock is. When they call a conference to explain their findings, Gimpy shows up and walks inside where they announce that it's a rock made of space material. Since it contains both plants and minerals, they conclude the rock is a living organism and manage to show a skeptical reporter what the power of the rock actually is. When the reporter wishes for a bride to appear, he becomes so enchanted by the success of the stone that he fails to realize he's actually holding on to another reporter instead of his bride.
3: Here, so, okay, okay, hold up a second. Um, bro, I understand if you want to get married to a hot chick. Um, you didn't stop to think how embarrassing it would be to admit to all these people that you're so lonely you would use a ro- magic rock from space... To get a wife at the cost of everyone seeing You couldn't wish for a nice cheeseburger or a nice tobacco pipe, maybe. Uh, A, you know, really good uh, massage therapist. But a fucking bride? (laughs) That is just weird. You know everyone in there is making fun of you. Uh, but my main point is the joke doesn't really work with it, with it being a bride and then he's holding uh, another reporter's hand that didn't really work for me just because I don't like was the did, like because it showed him walking up to where the bride was on a pedestal and helping her down was that other reporter standing on the pedestal and no one noticed like yeah like, I didn't uh, get that. D- it yeah. didn't work.
4: I think the I think it's supposedly the visual thing of just, you know, slam cut he grabs the girl, he cuts back and then and he cuts back again and he's holding the guy. I don't think it's yeah. supposed well, to think. Yeah. I I'll put it. I, I know what you're getting. I know what you're getting at cuz yeah, I noticed that too where he actually like reaches up and pulls her down and it's kind of like, okay, well here she is, you know, like I'm happy. And then he cut, and then it's like a slam cut back to him and he's holding the guy.
3: Yeah. I my general rule of thumb uh when it comes to Uh, Because I use this for whenever I do uh, Married with Children podcast. Uh, If the visual joke is good enough, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be funny enough. I don't think this was funny enough. Maybe it is in, in 1966 standards. So maybe I should give it a pass based on that. But it doesn't does also the have to dumb
4: yourself up. down to 60, 1966 children's kind
3: of comedy. According to mm-hmm. you, uh, the children of that time are too busy thinking about penises.
2: So, <laughs> I you don't. Said to, and human centipede. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's like but like I said, up. maybe you have to like, dumb it down even further. But I don't my... know. It's still it's yeah, a pretty but, lame gag.
2: Yeah, this, we're getting to my favorite part of the episode. So, let's continue. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. So anyways, at the end of the conference, the warnings of its powers falling into the wrong hands get Kimpy's attention. He leaves a transmitter behind and go- uh. leaves with the rest of the reporters. So now with the conference room empty, he uses the transporter to order the stone to turn into a piece of liquid that forms into a rocket and sh- rockets itself into his car.
2: This is my
3: it's my favorite part. It just lands right in the I got another pause here. Okay, so previously in the episode, um, they've done this thing where, and it's this isn't like a, a, a goof or anything like that, no, but it's, I just want to I point think, out that, like, half no, the I time you have to touch the stone to make it work, and the other times you just have to, like, think really hard.
4: Yeah, that was my thing it has to be you have to wish it not it be in the general vicinity of it that was my thing when i first saw it is
3: yeah when it wish your command
4: yeah when hoshino was i wish it was a bag of marbles and he tosses it over his shoulder when it falls to the ground a bag of marbles appears like i wish for it to happen when the kid when he's standing around and he gives it to the kid it's like i wish i had a birthday cake And then he puts it down and then the thing turns into a birthday cake like they it was a wish. It wasn't like a command.
3: Yeah. And and, but the other thing is, is them showing like that the person is touching it and then it doesn't have to be the person's touching it. But it took all the kids to focus on it to make it become like a cake without touching Mm -hmm. it. So it it almost seems like if you're touching it, it's it's strong. It, you have a stronger connection with it that makes it work better. Right. Uh, as or or maybe an adult is stronger willed, wish wish fulfilling than a kid is. But at this point, he's just an electronic voice commanding it, which just I don't know. Like it's just one of those things where I'm like, you're not clearly defining how the power works. But yeah. at the same time, yeah. you only have 22 minutes for this episode, so maybe I should shut the fuck up? <laughs> well, <laughs> it would have fucking... worked better if... The only thing that I would have given
4: this a pass on is if Hoshino and the other kids had it on the, the drummer barrel or whatever it was, and they were all standing around talking about it. Not touching it, not wishing it, but just, like, saying it out loud, like, well, you know... When you know, don't you wish like for a birthday cake, or you know, don't I, like I wish I had like a bag of marbles, or no, like they were talking about it around the object. So it's more of like, as long as it's it hears something, it hears a command, then it does the command, not the way it does here, where it's it does both.
3: Yeah, there's just not enough specification because I have the same issue later on. Uh... Well, I'll wait till you get to that part. So continue.
4: Okay. So with the rocket in tow, Gimpy tries to escape with the, tries to escape, forcing Araschi to keep him closed inside the complex. Turning back around, he barrels the car straight into the lobby, causing a confusion that allows him to slip away with the rock. With the meteorite so powerful, science patrol resign themselves to get to the bottom of the incident and we find that Gimpy has checked himself into a local hotel where he can test the meteorite's power. He asks for a monster to appear and it turns into the human-sized Guillango. Giango and Gimpy run afoul of the hotel staff, pulling off numerous pranks and pratfalls on everyone. Yeah, this
2: is the Ghoulies 3 part of this. Yeah. You know, like, they're just doing, like, randoms, like, he's jumping out of the fucking pool and shit. Like, Like,
3: I I felt like the montage should have had that, people let me tell you about my best friend. Exactly with him laughing, like, (laughs) a warm-hearted monster that'll scare you till the end. Uh,
2: Continued. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's fucking funny. (laughs)
3: So,
4: satisfied with the powers, Gimpy inadvertently wishes for Gayango to turn into a giant. The creature obliges, turning into a kaiju-sized behemoth and crushing the hotel with Gimpy inside. Wrecking the surrounding area, the creature's actions alert the science patrol and they spring into action. Spotting Gimpy knocked out in the wreckage, they're disheartened to learn that he's still alive but unconscious. Hayata wants to transform into Ultraman, but can't, so he stalls by state, telling the others a theory about Guyango's condition. Realizing he can't turn back into a stone with Gimpy blacked out, they transport him to a hospital and stall the creature with, an armed, with the armed forces. The creature's is rampaged through the dockside area, with the military doing nothing but annoying the creature. Feigning hurt from the attacks, Guyango acts scared and sneaks up on Hayata, Flying too close to it during a pass, he knocks the v carrying Hayata into the bay. Who escapes the wreckage and uses the Beta capsule to become Ultraman.
3: Okay, so before Venom takes over for the fight breakdown, I got two things to say. One, I like how when when Hayata's under the water, he's taking a second, like he's trying to remember. Did anyone see me come in this water? Do I got to hide that I'm Ultraman or can I just go ahead and click this, and come out as Ultraman? No one will notice. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Uh, the other thing I have is, um, because the defining how the powers of the stone work, couldn't someone just walk up, put their hand on the monster's like toe and go, I wish you were a puppy. And it would just turn into a puppy. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: this was one of the questions I had. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It,
3: it, it, earlier on, when the
0: kids stopped thinking about the birthday cake, it turned back into a stone. So you're telling me that if someone loses consciousness while they're thinking about a monster, that it doesn't cut off the thought? That that, that I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I have, you know there's no brain activity to keep the thought alive so even though you know he's blacked out the thought stops so he should still be he should still disappear
3: yes yeah so just some minor problems there but uh, with that being said you know what's never a minor problem being a beta go right ahead venom all right, starting out our
0: festivities coming at you from the blue corner. We've got Gayango coming in at 50 meters tall, 60,000 tons coming to you from the suburbs of Tokyo at a ripe seven minutes old. And our Champion, coming to you from the red corner, Ultraman, coming in at 40 meters tall, 35,000 tons, coming to you from the land of light, Nebula M78, uh, Ultraman is approximately 20,000 years old. So the battle begins uh, after Ultraman engages the beta capsule. He springs from the water, which surprises Gaienga and knocks him backwards on his scaly ass. <laughs> after that <laughs> after that um Let's see, um, Guyanga stands and shakes it off. And when I say he shakes it off, I literally mean he shakes it off. He literally
3: (laughs) literally listening to Taylor Swift and fucking getting down.
0: Exactly. He shakes both of his arms. He shakes his legs individually to kind of shake off the, the, the surprise. And at that point, Guyanga does a single jumping jack into the air and throws a temper tantrum like a child whose mother wouldn't buy him candy at Target. Yeah, and- why
3: does this monster act like a, a child? I understand the the idea between seven minutes old, maybe still, because you would think that the that is Gimpy like mentally retarded, so that he's he's childlike himself. Because I have because like because that would make sense why he wanted the monster and they were just having fun pranking people in the hotel. But at the same time, he was smart enough to be like turn into water so you can escape your box, then turn into a missile and fly to me. I, th- whoever wrote this episode really stung. didn't give a fuck. And they were just like having bets in the in the writing room like, all right, who can write something that's just so ridiculous that it's like if a giallo took drugs, except it was about a monster. I don't want this to make any fucking sense also uh with how old ultraman is and how young this monster is and how uh there's a scene in this fight where ultraman kind of gropes the monster and i'm a little uncomfortable with it
0: oh yeah I, uh, i have a theory on that one
3: okay good I'm ready to hear your theory. Continue, please. Uh,
0: okay. After
3: after Guyango's childish
0: temper tantrum, uh, he, he comes up to his feet and our titans face each other one more time. Uh, at this point, Ultraman eggs on Guyango to come forward and start an attack. Guyango motions to him to wait for some ungodly reason. At this point Ultraman gets tired of waiting and he performs a leaping karate chop to the top of Guyango's head forcing Guyango to fall down to his knees. As Ultraman approaches his fallen foe Guyango goes in for a single leg takedown and mounts um, Ultraman inside control. At this point Guyango <laughs> repeatedly slams his ass down in a sitting motion on Ultraman. Did you
3: mean to make this as sexual as it is
0: i I meant to make it more sexual but i ran out of adjectives okay (laughs) um so after after the sit down attack uh ultraman i i think this is what jerry was referencing when he said ultraman gropes guyango but i think what he either he either grabs for a titty which i i don't see any titties there to begin with so i don't know what he's grabbing for but i think he tickled (laughs) hey a it cups like still a count.
3: <laughs> so at this point, yeah, Ultraman. The needs man... to be tickled too, man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. No, uh... you do not tickle children if you're an adult. Don't do it. <laughs> if it's your kid, okay. Otherwise, no. I don't give a fuck if it's your niece or nephew. Do not tickle them. Stop it. You're an adult. <laughs>
2: Stop it, Victor Stop. Salva.
3: Yeah, oh, god gross. damn it. <laughs>
0: anyway, uh, after Ultraman um, escapes the takedown by tickling Guyango, they face off once again. And at this point, Gayango starts showing off his fancy footwork like he's freaking Cassius Clay or something. <laughs> no idea why he decides to dance around the fight area, but there it is. At this point, Ultraman attempts a leaping uh, kick attack at Guyango. But at the last second, Gayango ducks and Ultraman falls into the bay. Uh, we have a couple of seconds where uh, Guyango is standing at the edge of the water uh, looking for Ultraman to come back up. When Ultraman rises from the depths of the bay, he starts splashing water into Guyango's eyes like a fucking five-year-old. Yes, he is splashing water into Guyango's face as an attack. Um, this, this distracts Guyango enough so that Ultraman can get out of the water. And once again, our Titans face off, uh, you know, uh,
3: face to face. Titans Uh, might be a little strong of a word.
0: (laughs) One (laughs) Titan and one loser, whatever. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Guyango starts to egg on Ultraman. And with that, Ultraman attacks, um... Guyango's left antenna ear knock, knocking it off his head this is after Guyango lost the left antenna ear uh, earlier in the fight by the laser uh, tanks the laser tanks blew off one of his I don't even know what the hell to call it Propeller? I'm calling,
2: ear. Propeller. I'm
0: calling it the antenna ear but I I, I don't know that, that thing looks weird it
3: looks like a Mobius strip that's spinning on the side of his head but whatever <laughs> that's uh, how he listens to Taylor Swift it's through those ears
0: yeah I'll go with that <laughs> so after Ultraman chops off his second antenna leaving him with uh, no antennas on either side of his head uh, Ultraman kicks Guyango from the back knocking Guyango to the ground Uh, At this point, the beta capsule warning light starts flashing and our narrator jumps in to explain the source of Ultraman's power and why he must transform back to Hayata before the beep ends, before the warning indicator stops beeping. Uh, Guyango bends down to to attempt a head ramming attack and Ultraman leapfrogs the attack like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Ultra, Ultraman then taps Guyango on the shoulder like he's a fucking one of the three stooges. And when Guyango turns around, he punches him square in the face, uh, knocking him down to the ground. Guyango at this point gets back up, grabs one of the laser tanks um, with the intention of throwing it at Ultraman. But the laser on the tank goes off scaring Guyango and he ends up throwing the tank straight into the air. And when it comes down, it slams right onto Guyango's head, uh, making him look mildly retarded. But at, th- <laughs> at this point, Ultraman pushes Guyango down from behind once again. And at the exact same moment, um, Gimpy wakes up from his uh, short little coma. Um, members of the science patrol are now trying to get him to forget about the monster and the, at this exact moment, the monster breaks off a piece of the building um, uh, uh, with the intention of throwing it at Ultraman. As he's raising the rooftop onto his uh, above his head to throw it, he disappears out of nowhere, and thus ends the worst Ultraman fight I've ever fucking seen. Your Yeah, winner, not, well, your winner by uh, I guess throwing in the towel. Would be
3: Ultraman still undefeated. <laughs> yeah, this episode um, is not horrible to watch. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's lighthearted and everything, uh, but none of it makes sense. I, I I feel like a child did write this episode, <laughs> like a child and his like. His like dim-witted uncle wrote this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not not gonna be a highly rated episode for me. No. I don't. This is not. This is an easy skip. Um, th- if you want to watch, uh, one there's an Ultraman Ultraman episode later on that deals with uh, a monster and children. That's way more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can you can skip this episode. You don't need this episode's height of entertainment was our review of it.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I still think Gimpy and Diango running amok in the hotel is a decent spinoff show that was sadly never to become to pass.
3: Well, you know, in the uh, Amer if you watch the straight American version of this one, all that hotel hijinks is not in it. Yeah. Uh, all of that was cut out for American Broadcast. So, like, one of the best parts about the episode is just gone. <laughs> yeah. which is I'm giant. saying
4: that there's, there's another episode, I think it's in the 30s, that's straight-out hilarity. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny if you're just, like, popping through the disc and stuff. Like, well, it's the first one on, you know, disc two, so I'll just give it a watch, but... Yeah, if you're binging the series, yeah, this isn't really one I would go to.
3: Yeah, yeah, this is this is skippable for sure. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. The monster's design isn't bad. Um, it's a little weird because it's like half monster with random robot parts because it has like claw, robot claw hands. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's yeah. Like, and you can see like one of the arm. Like when I saw one of the arms was like fucking dangling, I'm like, oh no.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Yes. Yeah. Bad. Uh, the <laughs> design isn't bad, but it just, it, the way yeah. it acts is kind of annoying. I didn't understand all the colorations
0: on its chest. What the hell was the point think, of that? I think there was I from think the stone. Oh, is I that from that,
4: the stone? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when you, when the, the first scene when Hoshino picks it up, you see that there's like a lot of like blue and green and paint sure. on the stone. So yeah, I, I think that's the the stone thing on there but i just thought as the suit designer got stoned one day and was like ah fuck it
0: yeah i was i mean because i it seemed like if you had to wish for the monster to come out that um gimpy would have envisioned the monster in his head so i'm thinking this is the monster that he thought of in his head all colorful for no apparent reason but yeah it it makes sense that the stone probably could have taken over on the uh the color palette
4: which makes even less sense because because this is actually the Bemular costume from episode one. Mhm.
3: <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, it, it's a it's a weird episode. Oh yeah. I I'm I'm kind of okay with uh, just going. That was an episode. I'm I'm moving on. <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the worst one we've covered so far. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's cer- it's it's certainly watchable. But it's not like you know, a pressing need to watch.
3: Yeah, is it worse than the episode we had in the uh, with the the Amber. green the green leaf monster? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Without question, yes.
3: Well, the that one
4: there, I think, just because the final fight is so lackluster, I think the episode's kind of detriment. But I think with that one, I still think it's a better story because you have the mystery. Involving the
3: investigation, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I or the that's... one in the desert where, like, Antler, Ultraman Antler, doesn't even. It. Yeah, I know. yeah. Ultraman doesn't even win. They just throw the stone at the monster, and it's over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that episode, though. I like the setup of it.
3: Ah, fair enough. Okay, so this is the worst episode so far. <laughs> um, whatever. Fuck this episode. Uh, so with that being said, uh, obviously next episode will be a Godzilla episode. Ooh. Um. We have not picked what we're doing. Uh, it was actually brought up earlier by Derek, but we didn't actually pick anything cause we were all kind of out doing mother's day stuff for the most part. Yeah. Um, so we, so, you know, next episode Godzilla. So, uh, take your guesses as to what we're going to do. Cause we don't even know yet. Um, and then we're going to go around and do our, uh, nice thing where you could hear what everyone's been up to. So, uh, we will start with you. Derek, what have you been what do you got going on podcast wise?
2: Nothing really, man. Like uh just some scheduling conflicts as usual. Well, we know about that with this show. Yeah, you ske- know? Scheduling yeah. is the
3: is the bane of podcasting.
2: But uh we should be coming back with Cinema Attack Courton next Saturday and if all goes well, uh Mr Don and Ellie will be joining us that episode so look out for that when we do Shaw Brothers Volume 2.
1: Oh, shit.
2: And also, me and Venom should be coming back with No More Room in Hell uh, also recording that Sunday, so look out for that. You're recording two
0: shows that day?
2: Well, I'm doing one Saturday and Sunday.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, same here. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Well, for him, he'll probably be recording it into Sunday, but for me, it'll still be Saturday night. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Just because of the time
4: zones. So, yeah, he'll probably be recording into Sunday, but it'll still be Saturday night for me.
3: Alright, Shaw Brothers uh, coming to Cinema Attack again. Uh, and then it sounds like they're going to be covering something for uh, Normal Room in Hell. I'm guessing it's for Presents the Movies? No, no, so no
0: it'll, it'll be a full-fledged episode. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know because uh, I... I no, no, there no. is a gigantic movie coming out this weekend. Um... So, I assume a lot of us are going to try to go see that this coming week. We'll oh, see. Oh yeah, I'll see it Thursday. I'll go to the, yeah. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to go see it Friday, but, um, I just hate seeing fucking movies opening weekend. Uh-huh. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, I Godzilla fans. Let's, let's sit down for a second and talk real quick. Uh, while Godzilla King of the Monsters is going to be spectacular, uh, I have full faith in it. Uh, if you think that it's going to make more at the box office than Avengers Endgame, shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to make more, but I think it's going to be pretty good.
3: Oh yeah, it's going to do yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah, It is not going to do Avengers Endgame. I don't know if how many Godzilla Facebook groups y'all are in. But Jesus Christ, people were obsessed with, with going, oh, King of the Monsters is going to make more money than Avengers Endgame. No, the fuck it's not. Yeah, that's Yeah. Uh,
4: yeah I, um, I haven't been posting in any just because I don't want to read that stupidity.
3: Yeah, well, and, then, oh, and then someone was like, I think uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters is going to win Oscars and Academy Awards. And if it doesn't, that just proves it's rigged. And I'm like, first of all, yes, they, it is rigged. They've been rigged. For a long time, especially against horror and sci-fi, this is known. Your post is still idiotic, and you should still shut the fuck up, because even if it was rigged, it's a giant monster movie. I don't think it's going to win any fucking Oscars. Yeah,
4: fanboyism, fanboyism is the best and worst part of this genre. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, being a fanboy is awesome, but being a fanboy also means you're stupid, so
0: yeah just don't be don't, an ignorant fanboy please.
3: yeah i don't even be
0: a don't fan be delusional. Be, don't be delusional yes exactly yeah, i mean like as of right now endgame is now the highest grossing movie of all time it passed out it, avatar it, and titanic so yeah i know so it you,
3: passed titanic
0: did it pass avatar finally yes, yeah. yeah yeah
3: good so, fuck avatar. so
1: that guy and titanic
0: godzilla the king of the monsters is going to be the highest grossing movie of all time
3: Then is what he's saying
1: that's, yeah it's uh, fucking that's
3: beyond ignorant yeah, I would. I want to punch that person in the face.
4: I want to sucker punch him the, the way Ultraman sucker punched Gaiango. There you
3: go. Yeah, <laughs> I you got you. I I have like muted most of my Godzilla. Gr- I just can't deal with you people anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't post
4: on them anymore. I don't care for how many notifications I get. I just don't post in there anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah, like the Godzilla fan base is. I look. I love Godzilla. I love a good chunk of fans that I talk to, but uh, we need to figure out something to do about these children <laughs> because it's becoming a problem. Because if I see one more post of, oh, well, if Super Bagan was real, then we can... Shut the fuck up. It was a character in a shitty Super Nintendo game. Okay? <laughs> Get over it. It's not real Is not a habit. If I have to accept the fact that Varen is never going to be in another movie, you need to accept the fact that Bagan is never going to be in a movie. Okay? Neither is Super Godzilla, because Super Godzilla is just a fucking color swap of space Godzilla. Let's be fucking honest. Uh I, I I I am I and no more of this do you think uh Super uh, Destroyer from Rebirth of Mothra, blah, blah, blah. Okay, if it's from this stage, could be this one in this stage. Like, guys, just stop. It, who, like If it's not available to make the match happen in a video game already, then just stop. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm done. It's almost as bad as the fucking Superman versus Goku argument. I'm done. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Just watch the goddamn movies and enjoy it. And, like, stop. And and also, if you're a female that loves Godzilla movies, I am so sorry. I am sorry that these are the people that you have to fucking deal with. Because, Jesus Christ, if I see one more fucking nerd post, I wish I could find a chick who's into Godzilla, or there's no good chicks that are into Godzilla. No, there are. They just don't want to talk to you Okay, stop! Jesus Christ! Uh, Sorry, I had to go. Uh, Does anyone have anything they want to say to the Godzilla fan base that'll get them more pissed off? Get your
4: head, get your head out of your ass and have a sense of get a sense of brains about it. All right.
3: Yeah, brains, humor, all of that. You fucking scarecrows. Um, Don, Wait. wait, what do you got, Derek? No, I was going to
2: say, play ball, Scarecrow?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
3: what about Scarecrow's brain? Sorry, that was for Venom. You got a diploma. <laughs> uh, no, they have an ongoing joke in Mystery Science Theater where they will randomly just go, and what about Scarecrow's brain? <laughs> um, all right, Don, what do you got coming up podcasting-wise? All right.
4: Um, as you heard already, I will be joining Derek for a Shaw Brothers Volume Two retrospective on Cinema Attack. Uh, this is going to be the horror version, but we'll leave the films up to you. Uh, you've already told them what they are. Or it's...
2: Oh no! Yeah, we're doing uh Corpse Mania, Human Lanterns, and uh, The Boxer's Omen.
3: Yes. Nice. I've never seen the Boxer's Omen, oh. but I think I've oh. seen Derek review. it. I've, I've seen oh. like no Don. I think I, I've seen Don review it like seven times. Yeah, I bought <laughs> yeah, it after I, the first time Don reviewed it. <laughs> yeah, I
4: reviewed. I reviewed it on uh, three different. This is going to be the third time, third podcast I've reviewed the film on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I'll explain on the show. That's a very, very, very special film for me um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it. But, um, also, like I said earlier, I do a website on Asian horror. I'm probably one of the more affluent people in the community about it. I'm not going to say I'm the most knowledgeable. I'm just probably one of the more affluent, more knowledgeable about it. So yeah, I'm going to be, uh, you can pronounce
3: it. the name. So you're already doing better than me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I, well, actually off air, I'm going to tell you something about human lanterns, Donna, cause I noticed something very, cause uh, very noticeable about that movie, <laughs> but we'll talk off here about it.
4: Yeah, so yeah, um, I'm gonna be doing that, and, um, right around the same time. We are finally going to be coming back from break and doing Horror Mafia again. Uh, we've been taking a, a little break because a, a special someone zapped Joey's will to live. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: man,
0: <laughs> things, yeah. man, things,
4: yeah, so uh. Things broke Joey to the point where we had to put the podcast on hold for a while. And then um, in the course of that, we actually discovered that um, he legit had uh, family issues that he had to deal with. Um, Nothing serious. He just had to move all of a sudden. It was like uh, two weeks notice he had to move. So we've uh, been dealing with that and... We're finally at the stage now where we're ready to come back from a little hiatus. Uh, I think it's been a month now since we've released an episode, like a, a month or maybe five weeks. But yeah, we're going to be coming back. Um, we're going to be looking at a new film from 2019. Um, i not going to say anything yet just to Ooh. build some suspense, but um, it's going to be a 2019 movie so uh we're gonna have that ready and then uh like i said uh Derek's sketch shot with uh shaw brothers work
3: awesome okay uh venom you go ahead you because I, I know you also have a new show that's coming yes so uh just to go over some of my older stuff the horror cast is still a thing it's just
0: we're on a very extended hiatus due to the retirement the podcasting retirement of mr mark nato Um, So we're kind of in the talking stages still um, about how to keep the show afloat because that was kind of uh, Mark Nato's baby. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that the horror cast will be back sooner than later.
3: Cut his skin off and wear it.
0: <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, let's see. Theme Warriors. Uh, we should be recording a new episode of the Theme Warriors in the next week or two. On that one, we are going to cover sports movies where the underdog loses. So you'll probably hear oh, a lot of rock Karate talk.
3: Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. Because the guy in Karate Kid, the underdog, he should have lost because he broke a rule. So fuck him.
0: Oh, <laughs> I have my own problems with the karate kid, but that's, I just don't like the podcast. karate kid. I'm right there with you, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's theme warriors. Um, no more room in hell. As Derek mentioned earlier, we should be, um, recording an episode this coming weekend where we're going to look at a couple of 20, points. knock on wood. Oh yeah. Knock on wood. If we can, we'll be here <laughs> next weekend. Um, episode will be out shortly after that. Um, As far as No More Room in Hell presents Fresh Cuts, um, the next episode of that one is going to be recording this week. Uh, We are going to be looking at the recently released Monster Party, which is available on Shudder, on the Shudder streaming service. So check that out if you want to listen to that episode, which, like I said, should be recorded sometime this week. And the Slice and Dice Dreadcast recently had a postponement for the same reason that um, Donnie just mentioned. Uh, Joey Colombo is also on that show and, you know, he's in the middle of a move and and some other family stuff. So he's just been really, really tired. Um, So that episode, which should have been recorded last week, will be recorded this week. And that's going to be uh, we're going to be looking at Michael Douglas's falling down and I oh, Cal-
3: love that movie. Oh,
0: yeah. And we're also going to talk about California with a K. Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis
3: and David Duchovny.
0: Oh, Mr.
3: David Duchovny. Absolutely. Oh, Not wearing I a dress love. this time. Go figure. I love David Duchovny. Have you all ever watched his show? California occasion. Oh, yes. my God. It's so good. <laughs> yes, awesome. sir. Uh,
0: and then my new show that I can finally uh, talk about as the announcement was made this week on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to be working with a couple of podcasting legends in Ricky Morgan and Jamie Salmons, And uh, so it's going to be two legends and your friend, Mr. Venom.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, OK, I'm really excited for this show, but I'm worried I'm going to get my heart broken because ricky as much as i love him starts a lot of stuff and then runs out of time for it yeah
0: he kind of has that trend of uh so, start shows and then taking long
3: hiatuses and things like yeah that. uh because he randomly because like not too long ago he literally was like i'm done podcasting yep uh because he was too busy was a new job whatever then he came back and then he was like i'm coming back and then you know, through a bunch of other stuff and then like kinda like disappeared again and came back and, and I, I don't know. So um I'm hoping my heart doesn't get broken, but like I know Jamie works two jobs, so it's already hard for, for her to podcast. Yeah. Um uh Venom, you're honestly the only person I know who has twenty different podcasts <laughs> and can still fucking run through them all. Oh yeah
0: uh i'm lucky that my wife works nights and weekends so i I got all the free time in the world
3: yeah so like because literally like the only reason we didn't record last month is because venom was going to be in vegas it wasn't like venom was like oh no i'm uh i just can't record like it was a legit reason uh because a lot of people that take on too many shows have the problem of not being able to yeah. Uh, that's why like, I have my rule Like, my sideshows are my sideshow I try to get them done at least once a month but it's in order of importance like Kill the Cast is always number one Underwater Kaiju is number two and uh, Jerry Hates Action is number three so I have my priorities and I line them up and I try to get at least two Kill the Cast episodes out a month and one Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space a month uh, when we can and then Jerry Hates Action is just whenever the fuck I feel like doing it that nice. one has no rules Yeah Except it has to be an action movie right it ha- Well yeah it has to be an action movie <laughs> uh, That That's in the title But it has no rules as for like scheduling Like we already know what the next episode's going to be uh, We just haven't done it yet Because I'm going to have to take like I'm tackling one of Jay's favorite movies And a movie I've been vocally uh, against So I had to take a lot of time because if you're gonna shit on a beloved movie like The Matrix, you better have the right kind of ammunition. I thought just
4: watching the I thought just watching The Matrix
3: would have given you enough ammunition to shit on it. It will, trust me. I fucking hate The Matrix. I never liked The Matrix. Matrix,
2: So fucking fuck that movie. (laughs) I don't either.
3: I don't either. I don't know if Keanu Reeves is acting as, as bad as, like, say, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It ain't much better. So, fuck that movie. But, yes, I, I, I'm excited about your new show. Uh, I don't know. I think he hasn't said the name yet.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So uh, it's going to be called the Terror in the Isles Horror Podcast. Uh, We're going to be covering a lot more than just movies. We'll also be talking books, music, comic books, um, pretty much anything horror-related video games. And um, for episode one, we're going to be recording that next weekend to be released on June 1st. And for our first episode, uh, rather than doing any feature reviews, we're going to basically do an introduction episode where we where the hosts talk about uh, the top 10 horror films that shaped us into the people that we are today. So that should be a fun first episode. And to quill uh, your concerns, Jerry, um, Ricky's really, really excited about this uh, podcast. Um, he's been talking about it offline with us for like the past couple of months, almost on a daily basis and um since he's he's also kind of retiring his other shows house of wax is gone
3: uh yeah well i and with house of wax great fucking idea because it was a video format and it was really cool but yeah it takes a lot of work to do videos exactly uh and that was a lot of time and when he tried to move it to an audio format it just didn't really work as well
0: exactly yeah i thought the same thing
3: so I'm excited for it because I, I I love all three of you. um. So I, I can't wait yeah, to sure can. check it out. Uh, I'm assuming it's coming out on Legion since Ricky's running it.
0: Exactly. Yes, sir.
3: Okay. Uh, so that'll be dope, uh, which means it'll have my awesome promo I made for all the Legion podcast. There you go. Uh, which you'll hear at the end of this episode also. <laughs> uh, is that all you've got, Vidim? That's it for now, buddy. Woohoo, I, all right. I start um, a new show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm going to I'm dude, I am like really convinced that uh I will I will step up and do randomly we will bring back episodes of Beneath the Zenith. I'm you hoping. and I. I, 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 I will fucking do that. it. I love conspiracy theories. I love fucking uh UFOs and aliens and fucking Bigfoot and reptilians and Chubacabra. secret Illuminati governments, troop crowd. I love all that shit, and I can go, I can go on and on about that shit. So I, I would, I'd love to fucking join you and randomly do an episode on it. Uh, you can make it like Jerry hates action. You just do it randomly. I like fucking it. Fucking rebrand, rebrand it, and put it out as say like you put it out under no room uh, in hell. Put it under a sideshow on there. You got to banner it like I do. You have kill the cast, and then you know I've got my two sideshows underneath the umbrella. You you expand under your own name. Oh yeah, that's the oh, way I- you do it. And if y'all don't want to put it on Norm Hell, fuck it. I'll put it on kill the cast. Even better. <laughs> I, I will fucking do this. I love that shit, and I would be fuck. I hit me up. I'll do that shit with you. Sounds good. Um, so for kill the cast. We have tried to record the past two weekends, uh, but two weekends ago, uh Kenneth's uh cat, Mary Jane, died. Um she oh. was super old. Uh lovely, lovely cat. If you've ever listened to Kill the Cast, you've heard us talk about Mary Jane. I'm so very uh, he now. Yeah, he oh. couldn't make that episode. But we were still gonna record because it wasn't a big crazy episode. We were talking Toxic Avenger. You don't exactly need Kenneth's deep intellectual thought on toxic avenger um so we were still gonna record because we had uh two guests that were supposed to come on uh literally uh 30 minutes before we were gonna record they canceled oh that sucks so we were like okay well can you do it next sunday yes absolutely we'll be there next sunday so go to last sunday 30 minutes before we record, because once again, Kenneth isn't going to be there. You know, he lost a cat he's had for, you know, almost 20 years. Uh, He's not going to be there. I wouldn't be there either. Nope. Uh, The dude messages me. Well, I message him, like, almost two hours before we're going to record, just to make sure everything's still good. He hits me back 30 minutes before we're going to record, saying he only watched one of the two movies, because we're reviewing a movie that a director asked us to review on Twitter. Mm. So we're going to review it. Uh, Because I watched it and I actually enjoyed it. Uh, And he's like, oh, I didn't watch that movie. Uh, And I was like, but you told me it was like y'all's feature movie a couple of months. Yeah, but someone else wrote the article. I didn't. It wasn't me. And I didn't have time to watch the movie. So I'm like, okay. So I hit up Jay and I'm just like, Jay, what do you want to do? We have a rule on Kill the Cast. We will not even record an episode if we don't think it's going to turn out good. And that's what we felt like because it was going to be, first of all, it was supposed to be him and another one of his hosts on the show. The other host wasn't going to be there. He was going to be there, but he only watched one of the two movies. So me and Jay were just like, nope fuck it. We're, we're pulling the plug. Uh, and me and Jay had just recorded, a, a, a spoiler filled Avengers Endgame review for the fun of it. So we were like, fuck it. We had a release. It wasn't a kill the cast release, but we had a release. Uh, and I knew we were recording Underwater Kaiju. So I was like, well, I've got something amazing that's going to drop here soon. We're coming back with Gorgo. It's going to be a fun episode. So I didn't care. But this all leads to uh, what I call cursed episodes. When you're just trying to record a certain episode and it postpones postpone after postpone. That you just scrap the episode and say, fuck it. It's a cursed episode. We're yeah. moving on. Yeah, I had one with
2: so, Cinema Attack the Bronx Warriors trilogy.
3: Ex- exact every podcast at some point is gonna have this happen. Um we've had it happen a couple of times, so we we're just like fuck it. Uh we're moving on. So we are going to tackle the movie that uh we were talking about, which is a movie called uh, Butterfly Kisses. Um it's Ooh, a found nice. footage movie on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's nice. actually yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. I yeah. enjoyed it. I'm not a big found footage guy, but I liked it. Um, it's not bad, it kind of falls apart at the end, but uh, eh, yeah, I don't, I don't care for the after credit thing, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. I have this whole huge thing, uh, written down about it that I want to go into, um, of what I think the film means. And then also this thing on, uh, there's a controversy I want to talk about with it. Uh, so we're going to cover that. And then we're going to do, uh, uh we decided what could, what would be something fun to do? So we decided, let's take a movie that I hate that a lot of people love. So we're doing Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Nice. <laughs> so Definitely. get ready for that because Kenneth loves that movie, Jay doesn't really care for it, and I really don't like it. Yes. I give it its props, but I don't like it.
4: Same here. I'm just, so, not just like you. <laughs>
3: get, yeah. So we are going to we are going to do that um other than that, I've done some guest spots. I did, I was on the Psycho Semantic podcast, which is on the Legion network, covering Battle Royale i my feet. I
2: have to listen to it still.
3: It's dude. So apparently, uh, this was the first time that he's had a guest on that people wanted to listen to the show, but they don't want to hear the political shit. So they were just like, "When do we? Where do we skip to to just hear the movie review?" And he had never had this happen before. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So heads up, if you this is a political show, uh-huh. you will hear my political rants. But it's pretty funny. My political rants, uh, I, which I don't share very often because I don't like having Facebook arguments, uh, you have to physically call me if you want to talk it. But mm. if you want to hear it, it's on that episode. If you don't want to it, hear it and you just want to hear the review, skip to about the 30-minute mark and you can hear uh, us talk about uh, Battle Royale. And if uh, you thought my comment earlier about uh, child pornography being legal in Japan in 1966... I explained all of that uh, on the Battle Royale episode for the Psycho Semantic podcast. So you can get some uh, a history lesson about Japan and uh, pedophilia. And then, what I did a spot on Rabbit and Red Radio where we talked about uh, like four or five upcoming releases we really are excited for. Um, hint Crawl. Yeah. Fuck yes. Um, and then other than that, uh, a movie that we are going to cover on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. But it's a movie that uh, before I had, I had tried, before Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, I tried to record this movie with Kenneth and Alex Edwards. And it didn't work. And it was always a movie that I wanted to cover on Kill the Cast. And I was like, I still want to cover it on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. But I, I, want, I don't want to do it in the format we do it on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space yet. Because I want to save Matango for like a very special episode for us. But I really want to talk Matango. So I had Bo from Hero Hero Go Show and uh, Court Psyops uh, from Cinema Psyops come and talk Matango with me. Uh, so if you would like to hear us talk about Matango, do it. Go listen to that episode. It's on Kill the Cast. And uh, don't worry, we will cover it on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. Because uh I definitely want to hear what these guys have to say about it. Cause uh uh Venom, you said you had never seen Matango, right? No, sir. Okay. Uh wait, didn't one of uh Don, e. did you say okay, you e. haven't seen Matango. Right. I'm, I think that I, that, that actually really the shocked
2: one me. That's seen it.
3: Yeah, Derek's seen it. So we, we we will cover it on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space and it will be a first time watch for two of us. And a long time watch. Uh, we've seen it multiple times from the other two. So that will be very, very interesting. Um, so go check out that. And I don't think I have anything else. Uh, I will be, I'll be on a guest spot for Married Children podcast coming up soon. But hey, I don't. <laughs> oh, you, you're going to be on there? Um, episode, uh, season six,
0: episode 18, I believe. Uh, my dinner with Anthrax.
3: Gotcha. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, back up for the show. I just come on randomly when they need an extra person or someone can't make it. When Dan Chase me. flakes. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much. And then I do, uh, I do, I do work for their Patreon and, uh, for the group, uh, cause that group's very, very fucking active. Um, so I still help out a lot with that show. Um, so that's it for me. That's that's all I've got going on. Uh, we have... Uh, next month, we'll have another Godzilla movie. And then the episode after that, Venom has requested we do a Mothra movie. Uh, we have not decided which one. I think, ultimately, we will let Venom decide. Um, just because, a lot of times, if someone nominates something, we usually go, okay, you get to pick it. So... Uh, oh, wait, no, we did pick it. Didn't we say we're doing the original Mothra? Yeah. If it corresponds with the release of that blu-ray then yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to wait till we get our blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Um I know at least 3 of us pre-ordered it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so uh we'll probably wait till we actually get those blu-rays to to fucking do it. Uh but well, that we're gonna we can wait until also... Christmas because I'm
4: not ordering it till then.
3: <laughs> well, no, no, not you. But we'll at least be able. Us three will at least be able to uh, <laughs> know, give a if review. You're waiting of the on Blu-Man. me. You're gonna
4: wait till Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, we're not waiting till Christmas. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm
4: saying. If you're waiting uh, on me, you're waiting till Christmas.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I already I have the DVD, and and I will say this because uh, that that movie came out on the Icons of Science Fiction Toho Edition yeah. uh, DVD set, which is fa- a fantastic DVD set. I hope we get the commentary track that's on there because it's a wonderful commentary track. And I'm hoping this means maybe Mill Creek got the other two movies and we're going to get those on Blu-ray, maybe? Maybe. Could happen. Uh, I think they're more just capitalizing on the fact that King of the Monsters is coming out and Mothra is in it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that's it, guys. We are going to get out of here. Thank you for joining us on uh, our our Visions from Monsterland. Uh, It was great to have you. We will see you hopefully next month. I don't think uh, we'll have a problem with that. With some kind of Godzilla flick, but we haven't decided on one yet. But we'll get to it.
2: And always be careful of stones.
3: Yeah, watch watch those stones. They're very weird. Though I will say this: when the stone turned to liquid, it turned like they were like, "What liquid could we do?" Someone was like, "Red blood,
2: raspberry." Only one man gave me raspberry. (laughs)
3: Lone <laughs> <Rome> Star. Oh. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, so yeah, with that being said, we're getting out of here. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful episode of Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. Thank you to Derek for picking Gorgo and um sleep tight and uh as Don says, Screonk. Yep.
1: Sayonara.
4: Peace.
3: Later. <laughs>